is now being recorded. Ah, oh, we're doing it. One year. Episode 52. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. What do people get on their one-year anniversary paper? I believe that's true, actually. I think it's paper. Paper moon. Um, I guess we should sing the song. It never works always phone calls, but it's very abstract, so we'll try it. Okay, let's just, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to start and I'm not going to stop no matter what. So I'm just going to like finish the song and so we'll just do it that way. So I'll let you pick this tone. Okay, I'm going to count down. One, two, three. What's, what's going on with dancing? What's happening with dancing? What's going on with dancing? What's going on with dancing? What's going on with dancing? I did it. I did it. I really happened. I didn't. I didn't do it. I was just like, I've been in these Peter Peter Boone. I've been in the Peter Boone. I got really good at just like counting and going ahead no matter what else happens. You're in musical um, theater mode. I'm really, I'm really, well, in this way, I mean, you'll see, it's uh, it's musical, it's musical theater of a sort. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's really good, actually. I've been, I've been happy with this past week. It was, um, I really was like, I, I need to, these dance things need to happen. Um, and that was granted. And then the cast got really excited about that. And then the director was like, oh, I guess I'm just going to go back to New York for a couple of days. And you can <laughs> have rehearsals. And I was like, well, work. That sounds so nice when the director leaves town. I mean, it was just, and then um, I, I I think you'll like it. I, I the, there's this last piece of music in the whole score that I love so much called Sight. It's a very, you can just get this feel, it's all, it feels like all of Best Bernstein all rolled into four minutes. And um, uh, it's like my petite version of Rite of Spring. The director has Peter Pan and Hook doing something in the front of the stage. And I was like, well, I, can I have the back of the stage with the um <laughs> to do a dance number? <laughs> You're like, I don't want to be involved in your show. Can I have a piece of the space? <laughs> <laughs> Like kind of in this way. I mean, it's it's. I I get. I think the the it all together. The frame of it will will look really good. Will look good. Okay. It's just, we 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 have we have different styles. It's the counterpoint. It's counterpoint. Point point counterpoint. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, one show directed by Christopher Alden and another show directed by Jack Burford in the background. <laughs> Gee, honey. Well, in that moment, in that moment, and then there's also, I mean, but there's also people have some, some. Actually, a couple of days ago, I just started like hacking away all the dance I made. I was like, why did I make this? I was looking at stuff. I'd had, I like made this duet for this kind of more dancey duet for Aaron Markey and Peter as Peter and Wendy, and I was looking at it and I was like. Why are they dancing? And then I remembered it was because I had made it. So I had to cut it and make them do something else that looks far more interesting. It was a real, 
It's the real, um, I feel like I get haunted by Michelle Mola and you, which is so good, where I'll look at something and I'll be like, wow, I'm really having people dance. Why am I doing that? And then um, I make I make something that's more uh, like how you talk about my driving. That's more intuitive. And then I look at that. I'm like, that looks better. That yeah, look intuitive like, you know, driving. Girl, I'll tell you what. I'm intuitively driving every day from Parker to the theater, which is like a – it should be 40 minutes, but I, I do it in 30. <laughs> I really do it. I really do it. It's been so sweet. She just left today. We've been up here. Did gardening this morning, been grilling. Jeremy came up yesterday. Um, wow. She was here for the weekend, so we would like make food and then get in bed and watch this. Have you watched Spiritual House? Spiritual House? Uh huh. It's a Japanese show that follows this medium, supposedly, who talks to these people about their lives, and then this thing will flash up on the screen like spiritual message your mother with dementia knows you love her like wow because he'll be like oh your mother with dementia she knows you love her and then it's a spiritual message your mother with dementia knows you love her it's really good we'll watch that and then we start watching all of uh the bill moyers joseph campbell power of myth oh my god what do you mean it's like a tv series i thought it was just a book no, it was a whole TV series that came out in, like, the 80s. It was on PBS. And then they well, turned it into Bill a book. Hicks. Wait, but the guy is... No. No. The power... Yeah. Think? Joseph Campbell. Yeah. That's the interviews with Bill Moyers. And it was all done on PBS. And then they turned it... Those interviews were turned into that book that you also know Ooh. because of Mr... Hence. Do you manifest your destiny? Man- Mr. Hens. Do you take that class? No. It was, you know, you had to spend, you had to write a thick, a minimum of 60 pages of the beginning of your life all the way through to your death. Yeah, I didn't have time for that. I was a senior. Oh, please, you had all the time in the world. I didn't. Are you kidding? I was like, I was going to be in every show. I was directing all the shows. Oh, please, you had all the time in the world. I didn't stop. I was, I was directing a show, in a show, in a someone else's show, all at the same time. I was barely showing up to, you know, Mrs. Slaughter's class. <laughs> Psychological literature. <laughs> yep. I got an A in that class, by the way. I wrote a I had of my Madame Bovary project. <laughs> I showed a video of Sylvie Guillaume dancing. <laughs> <laughs> For the Adamovery project. <laughs> That's amazing. You showed a video of Sylvie Guillaume dancing. And how was it about Madame Bovary? Was it a dance no. about Madame Bovary? Or no. Was it, <laughs> it wasn't about Madame Bovary at all. It was some French woman who looked at malcontent. No. It was, like, a, yeah, it was, it was her doing this Bejar piece called CC about this, like, oh, yeah. Austrian I princess who goes crazy or something. And I was yeah. like, that, that is seems not right. Madame Bovary. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I was like, well, she's wearing facial. a corset, so that's right. Yeah. I was like, that's yeah. gotta be it. <laughs> I was like, well, Miss Slaughter loves me. I 
took, well, I actually enjoyed reading the books in her classes because they were good. Me too. They were really good, but I was like, I can't do this homework. I remember when it was like the Mrs. Bovary project was up. That morning I woke up and I was like, Mrs. Bovary. <laughs> what did I just say? The Mrs. Bovary. Bovary. <laughs> I'm so tired. Or at least, you know, it's like 11.30. You're supposed to talk at 10.30 p.m. And then Reed was like, I'll be with you in 15, and like an hour later. Um, I forgot. Uh, I was, uh, we had a long day. Oh, girl. I had a long day. I was in rehearsal all fucking day. I and know. I heard about it already. I heard about it. So my, I woke up right before class, and I quickly wrote a poem that was, you know, like, I hate my husband. I'm going to kill myself. And then um, I got an A. Oh, and I nailed also it. like Drew on this side. Yeah, I nailed that. Totally fine. Um, I love what you showed. This was also that piece. Sylvie Gamis like hiding behind a chair, like popping her head out, looking like a total psychopath. Oh, you know what? Maybe I showed. I just showed her doing something. Maybe it might have been Manon Potter or something like something in period clothes. I was like, "This is Madame Bovary for sure. I'll be fine." <laughs> I mean, Cece, she, I think she's in. She's wearing white for sure. Maybe she's in a corset. Yeah, I think like, like sticking her head out behind that chair. Yeah, she sticks her head out from behind that chair, and then she does like the most outrageous like blade grand ranjam in the world. Yeah, yeah, real good, real good. We love you, Sylvia. I can't wait to have her on the podcast. That's a goal for this uh, next year. Yeah, we'll fly to Switzerland and interview yeah. Sylvie. Yeah, and I her dog. Sylvie and her dolphins. She's just out in Switzerland playing with animals. She doesn't care anymore. Yeah. She doesn't care. She's like, I save dolphins. I have dogs. Sometimes I dance with Riley Watts. I hope that she's, like, you know, doing the splits every day because her body's going to fall apart. Let me tell you what. If she doesn't, God. If she doesn't move around. Just a bag. Just a bag on the floor. Um, what do you, how's Toronto? You're there with Miss Pack. Yes, I arrived today, uh-huh. and um, the flight went nicely. It? What's that? Is it a new ballet? No, it's actually Paz de La Jolla, the first big oh. Justin Peck ballet we ever designed. So ballet for two. You can watch it all unfold and basically pretend you're looking at the National Ballet of Canada and you will be seeing scenes from today. Right. So, um, yeah, today we watched like a partial dress run through in the afternoon and then a full dress tonight because they're performing it at the Scala tomorrow. Apparently the theme of which is disco did not plan for that. Wait, what? The gala theme is disco, but There's the like dance has nothing to do with the theme. Exact nothing. But the dinner is yeah. disco themed, right? Oh, we just run to a thrift shop real quick and buy something that has sequins. That might be a good idea, actually. I might like yeah. buy a sequin dress and cut the bottom off and wear a top. Oh my god, just wear a sequin dress. You know what I mean? My God. Yeah, that's true. That's um. And so, and then we had a very nice lunch with Justin and Harriet and her husband. And then after the rehearsal tonight, we had Justin and Christian Torzianski, who's a, who staged at the ballet, who's formerly a dancer at New York City Ballet, and myself had pizza pie, at which point you reminded me we had to do the phone call. And now here I am in my hotel room at the Hilton looking at the needle thing in Toronto, I don't know what it's called, but it's like kind of like the Seattle Space Needle. I have a great view of it. And 
um, I just realized this phone call might be costing me something, but all of the wonderful donations we get to with dance and stuff will cover those expenses, I'm sure. Canada to America. Did you not do a plan before you left, like where you call and you pay $10 a day to your You know, I think actually that my plan does fine internationally. Uh, I just don't make a lot of phone calls. It's like a wild guess that you have. Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, Just a wild guess, yeah. Mine is like it's set up so I can, you know, you're like, okay, when I'm out of the country, I'll pay $10 a day if I, like, pick up my phone. In case I have, like, data roaming or anything, that way I won't be charged, like, $200. I am on Wi-Fi right now. We are going to find out. Yeah, you'll find out. And then if you need to ask for donations from, you know, our twos and threes, then you can do it that way. Yeah. To cover the expense of this phone call. What is on our agenda? What are we covering tonight? I know Jeremy wrote us an well, agenda. Well, thank God, Jeremy. Really? Well, we're doing it. We're, we're getting through it. One with Peter Pan, one with Toronto. Um, uh, how is, was, were you like, oh, Justin, I'm so happy for you that he won the Tony? Was he ecstatic, ecstatic yeah. today? Well, he won, on, famous. He, he won on Sunday night, and I watched the Tony Awards from his apartment, actually, but with Patricia Delgado's sister, Jeanette, and other mm-hmm. my Have friends. you made her beautiful dress? Yeah, Harriet and I handled Patricia's dress for the Tonys. It was mostly, really good. what is that called? Headed up by, a, well, Harriet really, um, I can't even think of words because it's midnight. Um, Harriet had up that design process because she's been very passionate about these um, uh, rectangle dresses, which are really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So it's just another one in the series. And that mm-hmm. fabric is like – was it was actually meant to just be a sample. That fabric was like $5 a yard from like a garbage bin fabric place. It just happens mm-hmm. to look beautiful in photographs. So it's like, well, I guess we'll just keep it. Peter, um, Peter. Yeah. And uh, just so I watched the Tonys from with Jeanette and Frances Chung and her husband John and Michael and Neil, Michael Breeden and and Neil, and then we uh, it was really fun and we watched the performance of the Carousel Boys and apparently, like right before they went out to perform, they found out that Justin had won the Tony because they didn't see him win it because they were warming up backstage and then he like walked past them holding a Tony Award and they were like, oh my god. And then they, yeah. like, went out and did their number. I, I never watched the Tony Awards, so it was, like, it was No, amazing. like, why would you? Well, well there's I mean, this, well, the woman who won Best Featured Actress for a Musical from the band's visit yeah. is so amazing and beautiful. And so that was exciting to see. I remember years ago, there was that movie, Fun Home, and the little girl sang the song from Fun Home with, like, this 12-year-old girl. And it was, like, everyone talked about it the next day because it was so crazy. Everyone cried. What yeah, I watched that. Tony, she was good. The, the most, like, the Tony Awards performances that I'd be like, if I had to be like, it's straight down the middle for me. It's like uh, Jennifer Hudgens from Dreamgirls. Is that, is that her name? Jennifer Holland. No, this is from the the Broadway. Yeah, um, from the old like, days. From, Jennifer Holiday. From the old days. Jennifer Holiday. Jennifer Holiday. Okay, you're right. And Peter's um, <laughs> and Gypsy, which I saw. I wasn't I wasn't in New York during uh Dream Girls, Dream Girls. and 
Jennifer Holliday was in it. But I was in New York when Burned at Peter's did Gypsy, which led to one of the few fights I feel Aaron Markey and I have had. And I don't know we'll have more. We're in a show together now and having her run around the stage. Um, I mean, them run around the stage. Uh, and uh, it's that I'm really, if it comes down to it, um, I'm a Bernadette over Patty LaPone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if someone was like, who's Gypsy, Bernadette Peters or Patty LaPone? I'd be like, Bernadette Peters. Are you crazy? I mean, Bernadette like, Peters is everything before Patty LaPone. She's way. Like, I totally agree. Except, you know, what I would say no on that is Evita. I, Patty LaPone really is Evita. It has to be like that. And it's just, if it's something that's successful, you know, like that. That really makes sense. I don't think like, we should be having any discourse about Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are because Aaron and I are going to do that 24-hour phantom. Um, oh right, bring all right. To uh, another thing that we're gonna we're gonna do two reviews. We're gonna start with Singlet. I mean, I'm gonna talk about Singlet. I think it's the best performance I've seen this year. Singlet. It was phenomenal. Yeah. It was really, I couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't, the part where they uh, became the mother and daughter and both of them were the grandmother. I just. Oh, my God. uh, That was so incredible. It's, I mean, it's so up my Christie Alley. The use of non-linear theater and and finding yourself in these extremely nuanced, totally, lived in and explored characters that are going to mutate, change, morph, sometimes be numerous all at once. And to have it be so filled, I mean, Aaron and Emily together as well, what a power dynamic. I and couldn't I, even I, believe I Emily. I did not know who this woman was. And I was like, as soon as she was there, I was like, what? Who is this? And then when she did the part where she got very upset and just yeah. started crying. I was like, this woman is so unbelievable. I was like, I just can't even believe what I'm seeing. And the, the like, the level of kind of perfection of the lighting and the decor and how it was all handled by the tech crew was really astounding. That white set. That it was amazing. That Versace lion head in the middle. So I mean, good. The outfits. It was amazing. Their, op- their opening jackets with the chains. I mean, when they did the thing of, for, for, li- so listeners, Aaron Markey is someone who I met Aaron. Well, you can go back to a couple of podcasts ago and you can hear how I met Aaron. And, um, when I first read the description of this piece, they, Aaron had to do like a, a kind of just, tagline thing for the press and so they had said uh notes on a scandal the maids and uh the ferrante novels and i was like all your favorite things all my favorite things the the morphing of boundaries this so i I, audience i hope you get to see it in in some way but what you watch is two uh these two people um uh Aaron Markey and Emily, I'm spacing on her last name, and it opens with uh, the lights coming up and they're facing each other, and Emily says, I fit in that. 
And Aaron says, you do. You're practically swimming in it. It's something like that. And they, <laughs> Emily goes on to say that it's a small, and Aaron encourages her to try an extra small. Emily becomes very nervous about this because she's wondering who's going to see her in the J. Crew. And Aaron points out, who cares what anyone thinks about her in the J. Crew, and don't you want to meet J. Crew? <laughs> and... And then Aaron goes to get an extra small, which is indeed like a baby doll shirt that Emily is able to get a full arm through. And then as she tries to get her head into it, it, she can't. And they start to get into these wrestling positions and end up wrestling with each other and turning into teachers who are going to teach a class about... um, how to use a phrase like windswept plateau, and what did Constantinople mean? Constantinople <laughs> mean. How, what, what was Constantinople? And it morphs into a form of lesbianism, and then one of them ends up turning into a student. So they continually, this is just the beginning. And from that, they morph into different characters uh, traversing many different uh, names, many different genders many different power dynamics and the work in a non-linear theater form uh, demonstrates, uh, evokes, and indicts friendship, mother-daughter relationship, a father-daughter relationship, uh, sisters, uh, lesbianism, best friends, teachers and students. It just, it completely spirals out and spirals back in on itself. Done. I hope they put incredible. like I hope they put videos online. Well, I think it's probably going to come back in January for APAP. You know, that's my guess. Oh, good. Um, it's so good. Everyone needs to see it. I mean, I want to see it again. It was really like I can't. I saw it with Cole. Um, I went with Jeremy and Cole, and I couldn't remember the last time I laughed so hard at something. But it's just I laughed all the way through. I was so I was it was like hearing someone speak my language. And yeah, it was really amazing. Yeah, it was so, so good. Um, the music's really good. The dance, I don't know the choreography that Aaron was really with. good. The dance was really good. Everything about it was A+. And the way it ended, which I, I'm not going to talk about, um, it was so open and spacious and profound and did such a great job at not tying everything up while still keeping the echoes of the piece lodged in my mind. Uh, Those of you listening won't know what I'm talking about if you haven't seen it, but the part (laughs) when Aaron was the dad with the broken arm that swung around in a circle, and then they screamed. Do you remember that? Emily was, like, touching the swinging arm and then, like, Swung it, oh swung yeah, in a circle, and Aaron screamed. Oh really yeah, and like she said, <laughs> as if she was actually terrified. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, I, I it was so shocking. So hard. I laughed so hard, I had tears running down my face. I, I was couldn't. actually like, I wasn't laughing so much in the show. I was just so stunned by the performances. I was just like, I can't even believe they're doing this in this space. Isn't that amazing? At the Bush Talk Star. about a Tony Award. They should both uh, right? have Tony Awards. Talk about something that should have won a Tony Award, truly. You right. see that and you think, oh, it, it depresses me, I have to say. It's like you see that. It's like the tip of the arrow. It's so ahead. It's so 
Like, okay. And then you think of the stuff that, you know, gets to the front line of money and it, you know. So bad. I mean, God bless it, but it's really, like, I couldn't. And looking at the things that were happening this past year, like, I was like, why are there so many children's shows? Like, every musical was a children's show except the band says it. Do you want to hear about, like, some insider things that Tony nominees get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so Justin, of course, had to go to all these, like, things prior to the Tonys, like all the other award mm-hmm. events and shows, the drama desk, blah, blah, blah. But he also got to go to a special dinner at Anna Wintour's house where she invites a select group of Tony nominees. Uh-huh. And, like, they eat a delicious meal, and then Anna Wintour and her daughter read, like, a poem they wrote about the Tony nominees. And then... No, they, they don't. Serve, no, they don't. Yeah, they do. They and write they a serve, poem. Or, like, a, I don't know, words. And a then they serve, them all, they serve them all these cakes that are all themed of the various shows they're in. Right. Okay, so that's one thing. And then once you win a Tony or you're a nominee, you get to go to this after party at the plaza, and, you know, mm-hmm. you get to go underneath the plaza where they have that food court, but the mm-hmm. food court late at night is kept open, and all the food is free. So you just get to eat whatever you want from that amazing food court underneath the plaza. Mm-hmm. And then you go to a weird thing at the Carlisle Hotel in a suite. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the things. And then what happens there? They, like, give you a blowjob. You, like, go to that suite, and you're like, oh. Well, I mean, if you're, you I mean, some it. people, some people do that, I'm sure, but, you sure. know, I think Patricia sure. and Justin probably, like, they talked to Eric Stone Street, and then they went home. Jesse Tyler Ferguson, you know. Oh, yeah. So that's all Awards. I know about the Tony Awards. And that, well, and and if you want to find out, find out more, you can listen to a different podcast, um, but not ours. Uh, you, Jeremy, has said that you are going to do a review of Harlequin Odd. Oh, well, I, we talked about it a lot on the last podcast with James and Bella. I agree. But, I agree. Um, I'll just quickly say that, you know, I didn't first see it. I, I wish. I wish I would have. It doesn't have the same kind of gravity and beauty that Sleeping Beauty had in terms of, like, Romanski's right. recreations. This one, This one felt a little bit more like what are we putting all these millions of dollars towards? But Sure, a little more like whipped cream. Except that whipped cream, I don't know, they're they're very different. Like whipped cream had that sort of surrealist, I don't know. I think like whipped cream at least was trying in certain ways to do something new, but Mm. I don't know, they're different, they're really different. But dancing-wise, I think Harlequinade had more points of interest to offer us. Like, the variations and so and duets that James and Isabella did in that show are really extraordinary. And I was just, like, absolutely moved by both of their performances. And not because, like, they're my friends and I know them, but they were so, like, fully fleshed out and animated. And, and there was so much, like, reverence. And it was really, that was extraordinary. And so, and I like a lot of the music and the costumes were really fun. And so in that way, yes. On the other hand, I was, like, at a certain point, I was like, oh, look, four little kids in, like, very expensive costumes. Oh, wait, eight little kids. Oh, no, 32 little kids in Can very you? expensive. Yeah. And Can they just like, kept that? coming. No, it was insane. I was like, and not a one person in the show isn't wearing, like, a wig and a hat. That everyone, right, right, like, right. everything is everything. It's just, like, a lot. But I mean, I think it's kind I mean, of, like... I mean, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's interesting. In reflecting back on this past year of us doing this podcast, when I think of 
like the standouts, you know, like what are the things that really shook me? Hmm. Not, and I, it's generally not the stuff that has like the extreme amount of money behind it. Um, All right. I mean, Aaron had to like raise money for this show. They, I mean, they had to raise money to get that show finished. And can you, I mean, it's like, how would it tour? You know, like it's so referential in so many ways. Like I tried picturing it being in another country. And I was like, no, that's hard. Not, it's impossible. It's too it's many words. It's so American. Very specific American kind of sense of humor. Um, I saw another, every show. I, I saw another amazing show too. I've seen so many good shows okay. lately. I saw the the Nick Cave thing at the Armory. Oh, uh, I wish I could have seen that. Oh my gosh! Well, it's still going, but it's really it was I'm really not back to New York till July twenty second. It was really like beautifully executed, and that space yeah. is so magnificent, and it was so joyful. And there's this like youth gospel choir that was so extraordinary, and like watching these people be turned into these amazing like fiber art sculptures and then dance around it just was like it was incre- it was really incredible how were you in Toronto until Sunday ugh lame <laughs> um <laughs> you've already made those costumes I don't get it <laughs> like you're there overseeing it yeah we have to be here for her. so the I mean, the premiere premiere is on Saturday night, but there's a soft premiere tomorrow for the gala, but they'll, we'll still be making additional changes to the costumes after that. Additional changes being like, it doesn't really look like that. If you, it looks like this. Look at this photo of when we did it before. Like that. <laughs> no. This doesn't look we made, right on someone's we made, body. Su- we made substantial changes to the designs, and you always have to make sure things look correct on people's bodies. Right. I don't like that red ribbon in your hair. And they're like, exactly. that's what you had in the last show. And you're like, well, I want it to be blue now. Correct. Because now I'm feeling blue. Um, yeah, I really wish I could have seen the Nick Cave. I've, I, I, I love his work so much. And Ugh, it looks very so experiential, good. that piece. It how was wonderful. How long, is, how long is the piece? An hour, a little, like an hour, yeah, hour, 15 hours. Perfect, perfect. Aaron's show is 75 minutes, just like, just right, you know? Yeah, it was just, I can go. I can get up to 90 minutes, and then I got to go. Also, I saw the movie Annihilation, and I enjoyed it. Uh, I deeply wish I could have seen that. I haven't. Maybe it's out still up here. The movie I really No, no. I watched it on iTunes. Oh, it's out on iTunes? Yeah, you can buy it for $6. I'm going to rent rent a a big TV in one of the rooms, so I'm going to watch it. you got to watch Annihilation. Can I watch it alone if I'm at a house in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to be, like, terrified to go to bed. No. No, no, no. It's too, it's too, like, fantastical. There's nothing rooted in reality. The movie I can't wait to see, but I'm not going to see it, I think, while I'm up here. It's hereditary. No. Yeah, no. It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. It's Grandma. You know you were her favorite, right? Even when you were a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. She was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. I recognize you from your mother. What? 
Sometimes I swear I can feel them in the room. It looks so terrifying. I love watching Tony Collette, like, just be terrified of her mind. I, I wish so badly that I was in, that I could be cast in a horror movie. Just putting it out there to all listeners, if you are a horror movie director, um, I want to be in it. And I'd love to be in it if it was like a new alien, so it was me and Sigourney Weaver. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do you have any, like, uh, standout moments from the last year of podcasting that you want to uh You know, I, as, as I reflected on it, I really love... I was thinking about I uh stand up moments for me were my birthday episodes with Lindsay Mack. That was yeah, really that was great. That was really special. Um and with Paige from Arcastratus when somehow we got to my mom and I cried accidentally and I was sick and we were eating those cookies and I cried about my mom. Those yeah. I'm really glad we've got those on tape. You do love mm-hmm. to hear yourself cry. Well, I haven't listened to it. I'm just glad it's there. That <laughs> I know I can go to it. I don't. I don't listen to our podcast. It's too, it's too embarrassing. I just well, you know, you don't I actually listen don't. To podcast period. I, I I listen to Jen's. I'll listen to um to that one sometimes. But I don't. I don't even like from our show that we did at Nyla. I, when I had to go through the edits of it, it was so hard for me to watch it. I have a really hard time. I don't like watching myself perform or hearing myself. Well, I want to see it. Does anyone like, do you like hearing your voice? Do you like watching yourself perform? I don't like it, but you know what this podcast has done for me? It's helped me to get used to it because I do, like when Jeremy sends it, I always listen to it. And then sometimes Harriet and I will listen to it again in the studio and so for me, it's been, like, I used, to, it's been a really, like, emotional struggle for me to listen to my voice in the past, and I've, like, often associated yeah. it with, like, people not being attracted to me or, like, stuff mm. like that, but being sort of confronted with it weekly, I think, has been really helpful. Is that because you feel like you need to have a voice that's like this, like you need to talk really brightly or really low, like powerful? Well, you don't need to do anything, but my voice is like... No, I'm not saying anyone, but is that because you feel you do for those things subconsciously? Oh, well, no, I think like subconscious, I think like just because of who, how I have grew up and what happened, like, my voice just sort of sat here very comfortably, and I didn't feel the need to, like, push it down into, like, my baritone. And right. so in that way, I'm maybe lucky. I don't know. Like, it's a, stra- it's a strange, like, our voices all tell a story about our lives in a way and, like, where we comfortably keep them and where we choose to to rest them eventually. But... Um, I, I mean, my whole life, like, there's, I've never had, like, a phone call with a telemarketer where they didn't think I was a woman, so. Really? Never. It's always like, thank you, ma'am, and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, good day. (laughs) So. (laughs) That's amazing. Even now? Oh, yeah, and even, like, when I. Wow. When I'm at my mom's house, it's like I pick up the phone, they're like, hi, honey, especially when she was a little younger. (laughs) Well, I mean, that happened so, to me when I was a kid, too, but I would kind of roll with it sometimes. <laughs> like, yes, how may I help you? But, uh, yeah, I feel I feel better about it from having been faced with it all year. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I, 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 I think that what I, my takeaway in that way, well, my other, my last, not last, but, and then I want to ask you what your takeaways are or fave moments. Um, 
I really did, by the way, love listening to you and James and Bella. I loved that. I listened to the whole thing. Um, good. It was long. It was really long, which is why my responses were so brief. Because you love when you interview someone on your own to just, like, go on and on. It's really incredible. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, like, when we're, when we're doing it, I'm like, God, I, if I was listening to this, I'd want it to be over by now. It's kind of like trying to make it out. <laughs> I like, I'm, I'm mindful that I just think people have other things to do or, you know, they want to call someone or check someone or eat something or have sex, go somewhere else. But I like that we uh, maintained doing it for a whole year. Because up here, I was realizing, like, I there's, like, two days went by, and I was like, oh, wow, I haven't checked my email. And I, like, sort of stopped looking at Instagram. I, it's mm-hmm. just, I'm, like, I'm in I'm upstate. I'm in these rehearsals. I'm at Parker's house in the middle of nowhere. There's the cow. I've been seeing foxes at dusk. And I've been, like, going to these stores and, you know, getting, like, organic, what, like, farm food, whatever the fuck. It looks farm stamp shit. That's what you call it. And I just sort of spaced out in this way where I was like, I guess this is where I live now. <laughs> live now. This is my new life. Like, nothing exists outside of this. And I was so glad. I had a phone session with my therapist today, and I said I was very glad that I had the podcast to do. To remind myself that, like, actually, this will end, and I'll come back to New York, I think. Oh. Oh. Yeah, probably. Well, you have an apartment. I do. I have a really great apartment. Do you ever feel that way when you go somewhere where you think, this is where I am now? Like, I live here um, the rest of my life. Well, I used to, on my, like, long trips to Sweden with Pontus in the old days, I used to, like, I used to do that and be like, it would be better if I just stayed. Right. But it was, it, def- this isn't even, like, thinking it'll be, it'll be better. It's like my mind is literally just like, this is my life now. Like, I have, oh. it's not something I think about. I'm like, this is my house. I mean, it, I think it was part of just that I was so transient starting at, like, 16. So I would just be somewhere and be like, I live here now, and this is my bed. This is uh, well, these are my new friend. I, mean, I I have like lived many many places, but I, and I do whenever I get somewhere, even if it's for four days or two days, I immediately like settle in. I like unpack everything. Yeah, I don't live out. Of, I don't live out of a suitcase when I get to a hotel. I like put it Never. in drawers. I'm the same immediately. I put, like, all my ablutions in a certain way around the sink. <laughs> Me too. You know? But I don't have quite as many as you. No, I really, I have, like, a whole separate bag for it. Do you bring, like, stones and set them up beside the bed? I did. On this trip, I really did. I was like, oh, I'm gone for six weeks. So I did bring, I did bring some stones. I brought my Shiva Nataraj, which is the first thing I bought when I moved to New York. And, um, uh and some stones that I, I held my hands over certain stones in the apartment and I was like these want to go with me these are okay in the apartment oh my god you'll love this so I get I'm coming or maybe you won't love this it was some night I'd, I'd, I'd rehearsed it was getting late whatever I'm driving I was talking with the musical director at the end of rehearsal so I was getting home and I got back at like 8.15 I come into the house, I go to turn on the lights, and they're not working. And I'm like, oh, okay. I try on all the lights, they're not working. I go to the basement, and I'm like, it's going to be hard. And I call Parker, I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, I don't know. Um, I'm like, where's your where's your flashlight? She's like, I don't know. And I was like, <laughs> so I'm just going <laughs> to go for it. So I, I, I light a candle. And I go down into this basement. I still have my heart, like, 
the ghost house thing about it. And I, I go down and I can't see anything. And all I can think about is the conjuring when Lily Taylor gets like slammed down into the basement. And I get so the scary. Cases, I open them. I flip them all. I flip them all back on. None of the lights have turned on, come back on. I go back upstairs. I'm like, I'm going to try it again. I go back and to try it again. But the second time I go down, a rope or something touched my ankle. And I just, like, was like, I have to go right upstairs. I call public and like, the power, the power is out in the area. And I was like, um, okay. And when I first got to Bard, like, they have housing here, but it's these dorms. And I open, I literally, all I had to do was open the door to the dorm. And I was like, nope. And I closed it and left. Because it was, like, a twin bed and, like, part of the wall had fallen off on the sink in the bathroom. I was like, I can't do that. It's like, I can't, oh I can't do that. So That's where I'll be staying. Uh, I got so, girl. Sorry. Well, you can come stay here. You can come stay with me. It depends on you to get back. Anyhow, um, so, because we need to do, like, a new photo shoot and stuff anyway here. So Parker's Not a new here. photo shoot, everybody. A new photo <laughs> shoot. <laughs> right. A new photo shoot. So like, it's out in the area. And I'm like, Okay. It's starting to get dark. I run outside and I grab all the wood I can. What? I come back in and to build a fire. So <laughs> I, I come back in because there's two fireplaces. I start building the fire as it's getting darker and I just start lighting all the candles I can find. And then she texts me again and she's like, try the basement again. And I was like, I don't think I can do it. So I had to call the me while I went down into the basement for the third time and it still didn't work. And then I had to like, go upstairs and get ready for bed and everything by candlelight. And because there was no electricity, it also meant no water. So it was like, like no water, no, like, everything, everything out. And I was going to go to the, my phone was dying. I was going to go to the car to charge it. Mm-hmm. And I walked to the door. You open the door. It's pitch black outside. And I step outside and I hear coyotes. <laughs> like, they, the coyotes are across this little stream. Because I've heard them before, and I was like, I can't do it. I'm gonna have to let my tongue die. <laughs> and I was reminded of this actress I knew who told me when she was working out of town once, and she was in some country house, and she's in the middle of nowhere. It's such a New York story, and she's like in the bed. She's in this house all alone, and she heard like a, a like something on the like a sound of like the stairs creaking, and she went mm-hmm. without even thinking, "Hello." Is someone there? <laughs> it's so and then scary. She, she realized in that moment that when people do that in horror movies and you're like, oh, they're so stupid. And she's like, but that is exactly what you do. You're like, hello? <laughs> yeah. It's true. That's true. It's so yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, I'm still like, I mean, even though we're all scared of the dark, I mean, if I like get up in the middle of the night and go bathroom and then I have to get back in my bed, I like, will literally jump onto my bed from, like, three feet just so that the person who's under the bed won't grab my ankles, you know? In your apartment in New York? Yes. But now, isn't everything, isn't under your bed totally filled with stuff? Yes. It's irrational. (laughs) (laughs) I never have that in New York, girl. That's major. That's major. I never have that shit in New York. In New York, it's like honk, honk, beep, beep. You know, you're like, God, if someone killed me, I'd stop hearing that sound. You know, it's like I had, I no, I feel like all the ghosts get overridden by the sounds in New York. But in the country, when you're like, oh wow, that's like, that's literally like coyotes, how like stuff howling out in the night, 
it's pitch black. I can't see anything. It's so like, ugh, it's really hard. Um, I do want to see Hereditary though. I just can't, don't think I can see it unless Jeremy oh is going to be here All this to say, <laughs> all this twenty-five <laughs> minutes to say Hereditary. Hereditary, <laughs> I, I may or may not see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of this to say. My film review of Hereditary is I may or may not be depending <laughs> on if I'm still up in the country. What were the highlights for you of this past year? The highlights, I I often think about interviewing Heather Lang because I think like oh. it was just like so thrilling because I'm always thrilled to be around her because she has like yeah. so much energy. Okay, wait. That was a great interview. I liked the Garen, the Scribner brothers were also like really a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, the, oh, I went to Lindsay Clark's baby shower this weekend and oh. we definitely have to have, we have to have her on. We have to have Lindsay Clark on. When is her baby due? August. Wow. Can you imagine? Yeah. No. Did she ask you to be the godparent? No. <laughs> I think she ca- called me an auntie. Okay, okay. Um, speaking of people with children, uh, there are things that I'm doing in Peter Pan that I was doing before I saw whatever these Drew fairy dances are. Like, there's things, I mean, I think dancing like a fairy, just it, there's a certain way that certain people vibe towards it. And Drew and I are vibing towards it in a certain way, meaning like yeah. that looks like it would kill you. Like there's you things are... that I was already doing in rehearsal that I like saw those videos and I was like, Drew, I'm literally doing things that are almost exactly like this, except I don't have your feet and legs and extension. You're accessing your childhoods. Yeah, of like evil queens. Exactly. Of, of thinking of like evil fairies that would like eat the teeth of children. Yeah, so it's that's what it looks like. Let's talk about what we want for the podcast for this next year. We'll use this moment after midnight to do some intention setting. Okay. I want to see um, shows that I want to see. Yeah. So, um, Justin, Justin Peck sends his love and says he's too scared uh, to be on the podcast, but my hope is that okay. that changes in the coming year. Cool. Um, Parker is going to be on it. I was going to just interview her here, but I realized that it's nicer if we both interviewed her together. I was like, well, I'll be, I'll, um, I'll, I'll be there soon. Yeah, you'll be. Well, she's back in the city right now, and she's going to start doing press because her book is coming out, which I've read twice. It's so good. So we're going to interview her about her book. Um, but I said that we'll, you know, mainly be asking her, like, what's your favorite restaurant in New York? Um, other For the podcast, I don't know. That we reach more people, that we cheer up people, that we inspire people, that... Yeah. Um, you know, I I hope that people, the thing I really liked about the last podcast with James and Bella was I felt like you guys touched on these things that I think are really true about you can take the work seriously, but if you're taking yourself super seriously, then we're starting to run into, like, narcissistic indulgence. Um, and that actually, a sense of humor recognizes the larger context beyond your own narrative. I really loved that in that podcast. So I hope that this podcast can uh, help shine light on, on that and be helpful for people in that way. It seems to. It seems like the response is that 
we get or that helps people. I hope we watch more movies and review them. I really hope that. We will. That's inevitable. Yeah, we have to do that. I want to talk to you. We should, you know, when we go with your mom, we should interview her again. That's always fun. Oh, my gosh. Do you think she could do it again? Yeah. Why not? Well, we could just trick her because last time we, like, put out that microphone. Yeah, we could just have a phone on. She wouldn't know. Yeah, we'll just have the phone on and we'll just, like, ask her questions. Um, Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, another. Uh, We look forward to another year with you. Thanks with us this past year. If you want other people to hear our show, give us a little review on iTunes. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Wood and Stuff. And check out our website update. Um, this is episode 52, one year later. So you can get a year's worth of photos and guest info there. It's withdanceandstuff.com. Also email us with questions or comments. Please, please, questions and comments at withdanceandstuff at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. We love you. We love you. See you next week. It's really like hear you next week. There's this line, one of the uh, people in the show, <laughs> part where Tinkerbell thinks Wendy's dead and I'm dancing around the stage and someone says, listen to Tink. She thinks Wendy's dead. And I'm, but I'm just like dancing to the side and this person has repeatedly said now a couple of times, listen to Tink dance. And I've heard <laughs> every time, and I'm like, can we please keep that? That's so good. <laughs> listen to listen Tink dance. Listen to Tink dance. Clap for yeah. me. It's how I live. It's um, just like at City Valley where they do see the music. It's true. See the music. Also, Suzanne Farrell. Thank you for watching the video I sent you. Wow. That was amazing. The part where she just walks around and point towards the end, and then basically the you character, like, swoops up over her. Who's the woman all in black? What's that character? I don't know. We're talking about Suzanne Farrell playing Dulcinea in Balanchine's Don Quixote, where she, like, flips out. I mean, there's this variation where she's, like, fully out of her mind. It's incredible. Oh, it's so incredible. It was it was on someone's Instagram and um I'll repost it to ours when this comes out. Be like this is There's a also some good footage. About. There's good footage of it in the documentary Elusive News, which is wonderful and you uh, should watch it. I mean, if you haven't seen that, what kind of bunhead are you? That's you don't even really have to be a bunhead to watch it. It's really a soap opera. True. It's so good. It's really good. It's 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 a fave documentary for sure. Um all right. Well, maybe we'll have Suzanne Farrell on. That's, that's another one of our, our things for this next year. Yeah. Good. We'd have to trick her. Trick her to come on. She'll be into it. Um, well, good night, Reed. Good night, Moon. Good night. Good night, Canada. Good night, upstate New York. Good night, though. Good night, Tony Collette's granddaughter, grandmother. <laughs> that's <Joe. okay>. that's <laughs> so scary. That's so scary. Okay. All right, okay, Reed. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you.